What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mike Zuniga Films Podcast. On this episode, I'm going to be sharing with you my three tips on how to create better sports highlight videos. So I just got done filming a football game tonight for my alma mater, Servi High School. They just won 27-0, to which is awesome. And I've been filming their football games this season and it's been going great and I figured this would be a good time to share my three tips on filming not only for football but for other sports uh, what I'm you know these three tips that I'm going to share with you um, can be applied to filming different types of sports but I'm going to start back in college when I just finished playing my uh, freshman year uh, for football at the University of Puget Sound at the end of that season, I broke my leg, um, and I had to close that chapter of playing football, but I still wanted to be involved with helping the team out, so I asked the coach if I could create a highlight video for all the home games, which is what I did. And after you know filming a full season, the university, uh, un- the university's athletic department contacted me and asked if I could create a highlight video for the sports teams on campus. And they eventually hired me to do so. So I created a highlight video for men's and women's basketball, men's and women's soccer, and women's volleyball. And during this time, I learned a lot because I had to use the gear that I had to the best of my ability. So this brings me to the first point, which is gear. And at that time, I was using a Panasonic G6. And the lens that I had was an 18 to 25 millimeter. So when I was first starting out and I was filming the football team, this was the only camera that I had. So I can, you know, I, when I was filming stage shots, no problem. I can get up close, real, uh, real close and get the shots that I wanted. But during the game, like, for example, a football game, I couldn't really get close-up shots. You can't stop the game and say, hey, wait a minute, let me get a close-up shot of the action here. You can't do that. That doesn't happen. So over time, as I started getting paid more, I eventually upgraded. I invested the the money that I got, uh, that I got and I invested it back into my gear. That's very important. Do that. Don't just buy and, and waste it on other things. If you're very very focused and you know you want to better your craft invest into gear invest in your gear that's very important so that's what i did the next camera that i got was a panasonic gh4 and the lens was uh, let's see um i think 12 to 35 um that was the one lens and then the next lens was a 35 to 100 so that was that gave me a good range and I would say I used the twenty, the uh, thirty-five to one hundred millimeter. Uh, they were both f two point eight, but I used that one because it provided me a good medium to uh, medium range or medium shot to a very zoomed in shot if I needed that. And I used that for a majority of the shoots that I was hired for in college over time. So. Now, what I use for the highlight videos is a Sony A7 III, and I paired that with a Sony 
lens, uh, 24 to 105 millimeters, and it's f4. I like this because it's a it's a good combo because both complement each other. Now, back in the day, <laughs> back in the day, I guess you can say that, but when I was using the you know the the pan the Panasonic cameras, I was filming manually. The reason why was because for some reason I was able to film manually and it wouldn't the like the shots wouldn't get out of focus real quickly. Like I would have to really move the focus uh, ring a lot to really get in and out of focus. So literally I could just keep it in one set and it would be good. Even if I was shot in F 2.8, majority of the shots were still clear enough to see, but I don't recommend that. What I recommend is filming with a camera that has good autofocus, especially for sports. That's very important. So now the Sony a7 III has really good autofocus when paired with that lens that I use. So in addition to that, I recommend having a zoom lens. A zoom lens is very important because you're going to need to get some close-up shots, medium shots, and wide shots, you know? So with this, I, I'm able to get those different ranges of shots. Now, with the Sony, it's really good in low light. So let's say in the locker room where they're doing their chants, they're doing their pump-ups, it's really good in low light. And I'm I'm able to get some really good low light shots as well out on the field, under the lights. It doesn't really compromise at all. So it does a really good job in that sense. Now, another reason why I like it is because I can still zoom in real close if I want to out on the for you know filming action on the field. The reason why is because with the A7 III, it has a, a super 35 millimeter uh, mode, which I'm able to, when I, I set it up to where I, I'm able to like switch it in and out with just a press of a button through the custom button settings. But basically when I switch it on, um, let's say I'm already zoomed in fully uh, in 4K and I turn on super 35 mode, I'm able to punch in even more and zoom in even further. So in since I'm exporting the videos at 1080p and I'm filming majority at in 4K, imagine the zoom on that. It's able to zoom even further. And the quality, you might lose a little bit in quality, but for the most part, you can't really tell. So the only the only difference that I can tell in quality is when I film at 1080p, let, let's say slow-mo, and then I use a Super 35, you can still see a little loss in quality. But since, you know, there's a lot of action, a lot of moving parts, it's it's still fine. You, you can get away with it. You'll still get good quality video. So with that being said, um, another lens that I've seen other people use is... A zoom a telephoto lens so like um in the past i've used with my canon for a very short period of time the 70 to 200 millimeter f 2.8 that was good it, it brought some good zoom to that um and i've seen other people use 
a Sony telephoto lens. I think I think it's a 70 to 200, but it provides some good close-up shots as well. But, you know, since I'm moving around a lot, I don't really use that, but I know some people do and they get great shots as well. So, it all depends on your filming style, really. I'm really running around with um a glide cam most of the time because sometimes I need to do some tracking shots, sometimes I need to, you know, at least just have some stable enough handheld shots majority of the time. So it all depends. I know other people use monopods. Other people use um, like the uh, electronic gimbals, like the pistol grip gimbals. I use those too, but I really don't like to rely too much on batteries. I just... I just want to focus more on switching out the batteries of my camera, not really having to switch out batteries on the gimbal itself. Plus, too, there's a lot of fast movement out on the field. So with the glide cam, I'm able to move around real quick um, to, wherever the, to wherever the action is. So that's a plus. Um, but again, with a glide cam, it takes some time to really get used to. So just keep that in mind, but it all depends on what you prefer. So the next thing is, the next thing is to position yourself. I have my notes here with me um, because I want to make sure that I get all these three points down, but the next thing is to position yourself um, and that's very important. So what do I, what, what does that mean? Well, what that means is the, is to place yourself in the best in the best spot to get the best uh video. Okay? Now I'm going to start with football, okay? Because it's more familiar to me. With football, I understand how it's played, you know, what the tendencies are, where the ball is going to go. Um but over time while you're filming you kind of understand for the game in general, you know, where the play is going to happen, right? Now, I know this will be different for sports like soccer, where the field's huge and, you know, the the ball can go anywhere. Um, or it can be different with basketball because it's such a smaller, you know, field of play. But, for example, going back to football... I like to I usually position myself on the sidelines majority of the time. Let's say the team is towards around the middle of the field. If it's the offense, right? I like to face my camera toward the offense because I know that their direction of focus is to get a touchdown on the other side of the field. So where's the action going to happen? It's going to ha- it's going to happen closer to me. So when the quarterback throws a ball, I want to be right there in position to get a close-up shot of the receiver catching the ball or the running back running towards me. So basically the other team's defense has their back to me. And it's the same when I'm filming um when I'm filming um, let's say Servite, on defense, right? When they're on defense, 
I want them to be facing me. So let's say, you know, they get an interception. They're going to run the ball towards me. Um, or if they sack the quarterback, I, I'm, I have a clear view of them sacking the quarterback. So I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the sideline, but I'm still slightly at, at an angle, right? Now, this is a little bit different when they get a little bit closer to, let's say, the 20-yard line, for example. Um, when they get around the 25 to 20-yard uh, line, then I start moving to the back of the end zone because I know there's a, a higher chance of them scoring, right? So at that point, at that point, I'm able to get a better position when I'm behind the end zone so that I have a clear view on either side of the team scoring. So that's that's where I position myself. Um, when I'm filming something like, uh, let's see, um, basketball, for example. Now, obviously, it makes sense to be right under the the net where your team that you're focusing on is going to score on, right? So you get more action. That's where the action is. So be in the position to where the action is going to be. Now, over time, once you understand the game, you know, I would, I would at least, if this is the first time of you filming a team, watch videos, watch different highlight videos of sports. It could be professional, it could be amateur, but at least watch where the camera angles are. You know, I would, I would actually more prefer you to watch professional videos because, you know, it's professional video, but you get to see where they angle it. Now, I most of the time you're probably a one man crew. You know, these professional videos are getting the action from all different types of angles. But you can get a good amount of footage if you know the the right position. So, another sport would be soccer. This is a little tricky because when I was filming soccer Back in college, this was when I was filming with that first camera I was talking about. <laughs> and that was tough. Luckily, the team was good. Our team was good. So they scored. But what I made it a point to do was, and you know, having that gear back then, I think was great because it taught me to really focus on positioning myself and not relying on my gear too much. So I think I got some pretty good shots back then. You know, looking back at it now, I still look back at some of my videos. I was like, wow, that's pretty good, right? So what I did was, for example, let's say it's a soccer game, right? I made it a point to, after I got all those, you know, stage shots of them walking out, them getting ready, them getting hyped up and things like that. Um, I made it a point to first stay next to the opposing team's goal, right? Which was the goal that our team was going to score on. Because I needed to get at least a goal, right? That was important. I can get any other action on the field as much as possible, right? I just wanted to get the goal first. As long as I get a goal on video, I'm happy. So once I got the goal on footage, 
Then I made it a point to start moving to the sidelines a little bit, um, getting some action that's close to the sidelines. And, you know, when I felt that it was time to move back or closer to the goal, then that's what I did. But if you have the luxury of having a zoom lens, use the zoom lens with good autofocus because that way you don't have to be moving around too much around on the field. With that gear that I have, I was moving around the whole field. But if you have a zoom lens, you can literally be in maybe two spots the whole time and get some good footage, good close-up footage because a lot of the action for a soccer game happens around midfield and like you know midfield not on either sideline sometimes in some sidelines or it can be on the other sideline across from you and that's where the action happens so you know like slide tackles you know defense them dribbling around faking a defender things like that so that's where a lot of the action happens with football it's different action can be with them tackling it can be just simply blocking it can be simply throwing um with basketball it's kind of like soccer but in a smaller space with volleyball you know it's it's similar to the space as basketball but you know they have three things basically the bump set spike so it's it's all up to you. Now with when I was filming volleyball, I broke it up into different sections. So first I got a wide shot, then I got a ground level shot of the of our team and I always I pointed I started either eye level or a low shot. A low shot was me filming at an angle to make the players look more powerful. And I tried to do that for majority of the films um, because that's what it is. It's all about making the team look powerful and strong. If you use a high angle shot, which means if you're filming down at, at the, at a subject or a player in this case, they're not going to look as powerful. I mean, there's times, yes, when you would need to do it, but majority of the time, I like to film at, at a at eye level or a low shot. So with volleyball, since a lot of the action happens up in the air above the net, it made sense for me to film at a low angle where I was, where I had the camera pointing up to when they spiked the ball and things like that. So over time, once you understand positioning, then you can start to anticipate. This is very important because you you understand the flow of the game. You get the feel of the game. You understand the tendencies of the team itself. So positioning is good, but anticipating where it will go, where the action will happen, now that's another level because that's when you're able to really get the best shots you can get at that point, right? So... After that, is experimenting, okay? So, experimenting with the different types of shots. 
if you're just recording a game for the sake of recording it, you might as well just use a wide shot. But if you're actually trying to create a highlight video, really plan out the shots. I know that a lot of the shots are going to be, you know, they're going to be on the spur of the moment. They're, um, they, they are not like set, obviously, because it's a game. Anything can happen. But what I do recommend is creating kind of like a story, you know, mix it up with some, you know, close up shots, close up shots of of some of the players, serious, getting ready, getting pumped up, shots of them putting on tape or gear, things like that, tying their, tying their shoes, their cleats, and, um, you know, getting shots of like hand, hand movement with like the ball. Things like that. And then mix it up with some medium shots, you know, with the players. And then wide shots of, let's say, the game, the field, the stadium, things like that. As well as the movement of the shots, too. You know, you get some gliding shots, some sliding shots, some tracking shots of some players walking out of the tunnel. It's up to you. You know, there's there's no boundaries here. So, or even getting some shots of their feet, you know, as they walk out. So, yeah, there's no boundaries. Just, all you have to do is just experiment. That's what I started doing back in college. And even till today, I still experiment with different shots. And there's usually a new shot or type of shot that I figure out and create on the spur on the spur of the moment because what i'm doing is like let's say in the locker room right when when they're they're getting pumped up they're getting hyped they're getting the pep talk with the coach i'm scanning the room i'm looking for different things that people are doing because you know i don't really like to go up to a person unless i need to and say hey can you do this again i like to get something that's candid something that a person's doing that's candid, raw, and in the moment, because it just feels realer, or feels more real to the viewer. So what I'm doing is I'm scanning the room, I'm looking at what people are doing, and I just plan my shot. I don't just go there and just shoot, just to, you know, film whatever, you know, I go there and make the shots count. So that's basically it. So recap, gear. Get the best gear for the job. Now, obviously, this may depend on your budget, but if your budget allows, get the gear that will do the best job for you, okay? And will get the best shots for you and gives you a wide range of versatility. Number two is... To know the game so that you're able to position yourself and eventually anticipate where the action's going to happen. That's very important. And then number three is to experiment with your shots. If you're creating a highlight video for a sports uh, team or game, you want to add in different types of shots to make the highlight video that much better. 
instead of just focusing on just a wide shot the whole time of the game. Because if you're just doing that, you're just, you know, recording the game just to record. But if you want to create something eye-catching and awesome, experiment. There's no... There, there's there's it's no, there's nothing bad about experimenting or trying something new. Trust me. There's a lot of times when I was filming and and I told a player or a person do this, do this action, and they're like, "What? Are you sure?" I was like, "Trust me." And most of the time, or sometimes, it it just didn't look good when I was editing uh, back in the editing room. But majority of the times, it worked out. And I was like, oh, this is cool. So just do it. I I think you'll figure figure out something new and, and you'll 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 like what you see when you film that. So with that being said, thank you for listening to another episode. Um, if you found this to be helpful, feel free to share this with someone that you know will benefit from this episode. And if you want to save time searching for the next video gear. I have a, uh, or I have my video gear buyer's guide that I've created that I have a link in the description that you can download for free. So again, with that being said, thank you again for listening and I'll see you on the next episode.